Welcome to Witches Being Witches. Spiritual besties chatting all things stars, skin, science, sex, and self-love. I'm Tara, Ayurvedic consultant, cosmic witch, and Vedic astrologer. And I'm Emily, qualified naturopath, holistic skin witch, and founder of natural skin and lifestyle brand, The Purist Collection. Witches Being Witches is for the woman who is ready to reclaim her power, dares to take up space, and expresses herself fully. A witch is a woman who embraces nature, its cycles, and knows that she is magic. Welcome, Welcome fellow witch. witch. We are so happy you are here. This episode is proudly brought to you by The Purist Collection, a luxury naturopath-formulated skin, body, and lifestyle brand, supporting you with herbal medicine, flower aroma, and crystal therapy, because what you put on your body is just as important as what you put in it. Available online at thepuristcollection.com. That's the with purist, P-U-R-I-S-T, collection.com. Okay, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to episode 13, Burnout and the Journey to Joy with Tammy Guest. Tammy is a business mentor, speaker, author, facilitator, and freedom seeker. Her mission is to amplify the mindset, lifestyle, and possibilities for change makers so they can go and activate change for their clients, themselves, and the world. It was such a pleasure to interview Tammy for this episode. I took so much away with her approach to overcoming burnout and really leaning into what lights us up and what creates joy for us. Yeah, totally. I think it's a really important conversation to have because burnout is something, Tara, I know you and I both see really often in our clients, but also in ourselves, um, through, you know, through different times in our life as well. And I think it's really important to call ourselves out and call each other out when we see those warning signs, because that full burnout is not really somewhere that we want to be. Although what's interesting is that society and our modern day world, we kind of feel like, um, Tara, you, you have said like that it's like a badge of honor to wear burnout but really it is scientifically and biologically such an unsafe unhealthy place to be and when we hit that point a really difficult place to come back from as well and I think Tammy really empowered us and educated us so much around burnout so it's a a conversation that I feel really passionately excited to share with our witches. Yeah and I know um, we do see this a lot um, with our with our clients and I know it's something that we're both really passionate about Mm -hmm. and yeah just bringing light to this and like you say um gently you know if you're seeing those signs you know Em and I we're really good at saying that to each other um so and you know it was such a timely conversation and yeah I just think there's so many practical tips that we can implement so yeah I'm really excited for you to listen Yeah, absolutely. I think it's been such a big couple of years for everyone with everything that's been going on in the state of the world. Plus on top of the fact that we are witchy women trying to do everything that we can in life and and live the best life that we can. So yeah, enjoy this episode, fellow witch. Welcome, Tammy. Thank you for joining us. Hi guys. I can't wait to get into our chat. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. Yes. First of all, Tammy, we wanted to ask, 
what your sun rising and moon is. Mm, well, my son is Gemini and I love being uh, able to look at things from two completely polar opposite perspectives. Uh, my rising is Sag and my moon is Aquarius. So I love a good uh, travel and uh, expansive mind knowledge acquisition and um, I also love a good dash of woo-woo to boot. Like yes, I, I love this. I love that you're Gemini because Gemini is, you know, the sign that can do the multitasking. So it's multi-passionate. And I love that adventure aspect of the satirizing. Um, do you know your human design, Tammy? I do. I'm a manifester. Oh. <laughs> Rare. Yeah, I suppose, but a lot of my friends are manifestors as well. So we kind of all hang out together and just like randomly create things from the things we think about. <laughs> that is incredible. You've got a little manifesto club. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, our businesses are all uh, quite similar in the fact that we uh, can think about something and boom, it's done as long as we have people around us to delegate to. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Um. Tammy, I feel like you are the poster girl, like the pinup girl for naturopaths in business because, yeah, you have this amazing affinity for working with ease and you can see it so clearly in what you do that it's so inspiring and motivational. And that's part of why we wanted to get you on today because something that I see a lot in clinic as the naturopath is burnout and I know that that's something that's very common for energy healers and um you know natural health practitioners to experience as well and that's something that you yeah really work with and encourage practitioners to step away from because of your experience can you tell us a little bit about your journey from where you started to, to where you are now and, and what you do and why you do what you do. Mm, yeah. So burnout's played an integral role in my, um, my career progression. I uh, first started out as a, um, a medical scientist, actually. Uh, my first uni degree was in medical and applied biotechnology. And uh, I ended up chopping up people's bits for a living is how I, how I put it. <laughs> I was in histopathology as well as blood bank and uh, on call uh, a fair bit in the end. Um, I worked in cancer research and I, I did all sorts of things in a laboratory and hospital environment. And uh, if anybody's listening who has been previously in that environment, it is riddled with burnout in and of itself. Like the whole thing is um, set up for that really. It's unfortunate, but um, long hours, um, a lot of um, caring fatigue and uh, a bunch of um, processes that haven't been thought of uh, for the actual people who are in the roles that they're in. So uh, I worked in pathology and uh, at the end of that part of my career, I didn't know it at the time, it was the end of that part of my career, I was working permanent night shift from 11pm to 7am for uh, just over 11 months I got to, uh, five days a week and 
And I uh, didn't realize, even for somebody like me who is enamored by the human body, I didn't realize my body was giving me all these signs and signals Mm -hmm. that uh, burnout was imminent. My sleep patterns were obviously off. My mood had changed. My gastrointestinal symptoms uh, had started to flare up. And uh, I wasn't bouncing back from immune system stuff like I had been before. And uh, I just got this moment of inspiration to go and retrain as a nutritionist initially. But uh, as soon as I started looking into it, because it was mid-year, the mid-year intake for the university had uh, a naturopathic degree. So I went and on the first bus up to uh, Lismore, Southern Cross University, and uh, started my retraining as a naturopath. Uh, in that, I still had to work in hospitals because I couldn't afford to do it uh, by myself. So I started to notice again those little signs and symptoms of burnout kicking in, but I just kept on pushing through. My, my beautiful alpha masculine was really kicking in, getting stuff done, um, and my Sag was like, yeah, let's just acquire more knowledge and more bloody pieces of paper up on the wall so I can prove to myself that I can do this stuff. And uh, I finished that uni degree um, with uh, a new husband and two new stepkids. And I was traveling between my new household in Newcastle and Lismore for my clinic hours every week. I was flying back and forth every single week for six months. <laughs> so my natural way of being is definitely um, that go, 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 go uh, until it's a big fat stop. And uh, things came to a crashing halt. Um, Thankfully, I I got pregnant, which was wonderful because I was hoping to be a mum as well as a stepmom. And um, it slowed everything right down. It was such a great um, reminder that the wheels don't fall off when you slow down. And uh, that there is so many little hidden gold nuggets in every situation. And as I came back through that journey, that birthing journey into birthing a new career as well as a naturopath, I um, started to put on full throttle again. I was really excited to be a naturopath and use all this wonderful knowledge that I had for the human body already, like seeing people's bits and chopping them up physically. And then actually, instead of seeing like a sample, seeing the person that was attached to that sample and having conversations with them and talking to them about what their body was doing, I was so excited to get all that up and running. And it uh, only took about two or three years for me to be fully booked. And uh, I loved being able to help people so much that I had forgotten I had a body again. (laughs) So three years in, 45 people a week I was seeing. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's 45 people a week when you're talking to a doctor doesn't seem a lot, but when you're talking to a naturopath who is sitting and listening to all those five D's that Patria King talks about, divorce, depression, diagnosis, um, you know, detachment, derangement, all these huge, huge things that are happening for people and how their body and their cells and their selves got to a situation where they were in front of you and sharing that with you and possibly 
had never shared it with anyone else before. Mm. And you're seeing 45 of those a week. Mm. <laughs> it got a little much. <laughs> Just a little bit, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But again, uh, especially for practitioners, uh, you don't know what you don't know. And until you've lived through that kind of moment, you don't realise how far you can really push yourself and your cells to get into a situation that actually my comfort zone has really just been breached wholeheartedly and it's a hell yes until it's a hell no. So I was yes, 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 yes. Until it was sitting on the back step of my clinic with a hell no, hell no, a wooga, a wooga, a wooga, stop, you cannot open the doors, this is enough. Mm. And uh, ringing my coach at the time and saying, I don't know what to do, I, I don't want to open the doors, it's, you know, it's my late night Thursday and I'm starting at 7am and I'm going to finish at 7pm and I've got like 14 people I'm going to see today and... Oh, I still, I, my nervous system still can feel it, to be honest. And um, it was that moment that I started to consider how could it be done differently? Because mm. there has to be a way, you know. We live in a world full of technological innovation. We live in a world that can be automated, delegated, and things that we just don't need anymore can actually be eliminated in ways that were just never accessible before. And so I started to go through the process of doing that. I started to go, what in my life, not just my business, what in my life can I delegate? What can happen with my bandwidth that I could just let go to somebody else who's much more of a genius in that area than I am? Mm -hmm. What can I um, automate, especially my systems in my business? That was a really big game changer for me. Mm. What can I eliminate? What are the things that I think I'm supposed to be doing? Whether it's me with the cap of being a mum or a stepmum or a wife or a um, you know a team member on a on a on a sports team or. A, a woman, all of these weird labels that we put all over ourselves and all the should, 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 shoulds. Mm. And in actual fact, it's a bunch of rubbish and that we can just eliminate all of the shoulds and get back to who we truly are. And so I did all of that and I went through a process in every area of my life, my fitness, my health, my wealth, my, um, my business, my friendships, my relationships, my family, my conversations, everywhere. I just did beautiful audit mm. and then from that space of all the things I don't want I came to what do I actually want because it's really easy to get hooked into the process of not recognizing what you don't want but yeah. the un universe doesn't recognize the word don't so you say I don't want to feel pain anymore and the universe goes here you go with all that vehement energy you just gave me around pain I'll remind you all about pain <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> Somebody mentioned uh, pain. <laughs> Here we go. Exactly. And I don't, I don't want any more bills. And then all of a sudden, all the bills arrive and you're like, what? I said I don't, but the universe just doesn't recognize the word don't. So initially, once you've done that little clear out, then it's focusing on what you do want. Mm. You know, it's, it was for me, it was focusing on who are some people that I admire and look up to and what does their life look like? What are their 
Um, what are their ways of being that I could borrow for a little while that could get me to a position that I really excites me? Mm-hmm. And at the time, one of the biggest things that excited me and still continues to today is travel. And so I started running retreats uh, in my third year of practice. And uh, I haven't looked back. I've run retreats in four different countries, five different countries. And um, I've run health retreats. I've run wealth retreats. I've run business retreats. I've run all sorts of wonderful settings for ritual and ceremony, all packaged up in a pretendy, here's a business retreat, (laughs) when in actual fact there's beautiful magic and connection underneath. So I started to do that, and um, that was one of my gateways out of burnout, finding something that I felt joy doing that just so happened to be something that I could get paid for. Mm. Mm. Um, And it was one of my biggest uh, shifts when it came to recognising what parts of my business I enjoyed Mm. and what parts of my business came with ease and what parts of my business I could hand over to somebody else. So I got a receptionist and I got a bookkeeper and I got um, I got help with my programs and I got help with uh, creating e-courses and all these other things so that I could just be the best essentially facilitator mm. that I wanted to be. And uh, that got me into mentoring and looking after other naturopaths, nutritionists, herbalists, uh, creatives and coaches and um, taking them away on retreat and teaching them how to look after themselves. But, um, yeah, uh, that's probably the journey in a really (laughs) long-winded way. (laughs) No, it's beautiful. Hmm. It's an amazing journey. There's so much gold in there. I've just been writing notes down, but I love the the audit of the life. I think that is so important. And those metrics, what do we really want? And is it just like these societies, conditionings, like that is what we should be getting or should be doing. Um, so I love that empowerment of coming back to what is actually lighting you up mm-hmm. and giving ourselves the space for that. Um, yeah, it's really beautiful. Totally. Tammy, when we say burnout, I feel like it's a it's something that's thrown around a lot and a lot of us kind of self-diagnose ourselves with or in passing comment diagnose someone else with loosely. Um, what actually is burnout though and what is happening to our body when we are in burnout yeah so burnout is a complex thing compared to what it used to be when I first uh, was studying burnout and I used to say that I was an adrenal fatigue expert and uh, (laughs) as a a naturopath starting out that was my kind of my niche and uh, I wrote a book on it even Uh, but what nobody knew was that I was actually an expert in my own burnout (laughs) walking from experience (laughs) exactly so uh it it is a multi-system um overdrive that eventually doesn't have enough fuel Mm -hmm. to go into all of those systems for them all to work together for what we call in the naturopathic world homeostasis a balance. So it's essentially a tipping point that um, it goes into overdrive 
and there's lots of little indicators. Um, there's, especially if you've got a naturopath uh, on your team, it's a really good thing to have uh, a team of health practitioners to look after you. And they can tell you all the things that go into overdrive. Lots of different hormone levels, cortisol, some thyroid things go up. Uh, your ovarian systems kind of start to give you little hints and tips as well. You might notice your period going out. And then your melatonin, little um, biochemistry that happens in your head starts to go a bit freaky as well. And so all this overdrive, 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 it's like a big pressure cooker, and then it collapses. Now, the collapse can happen biochemically first, and you might not know. You might just think you're having a little nap in the afternoon, and then you feel better and refreshed. Um, but in actual fact, your biochemistry is saying, we have gone so hard for so long in ways that we were supposed to just give you a little spurt to run away from a saber-toothed tiger, and that's what your system was set up to do. But you've been running after a saber-toothed tiger for like years on end, and you haven't given us a break, so we're out. Mm. And uh, I went and checked my own levels of different hormones through special tests that naturopaths can put us through. And... Uh, it's been about three times that I've found that particularly cortisol is one of the big biochemical markers for it. It goes up, 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 and then it pops and flatlines. And mm. uh, unfortunately, I've seen mine both at its peak and at its flatline as well. Mm. And um, what it feels like to be in the body like that is you wake up tired in the morning, not refreshed. You probably get hungry just before 11 o'clock in the morning rather than one, you know, midday or one o'clock. And then depending on what you eat, you'll really want coffee, you'll really want sugar, you'll really want something else. And then about two o'clock in the afternoon, you would kill somebody for a nana nap. And then if you don't get that nana nap to get you through the evening, probably go for a wine and then you crash and burn um, or you become a night owl and you think that this is this wonderful thing that can perpetuate you through the evening and you're so productive at nighttime, but in actual fact, it's your adrenal glands and your biochemistry in your brain screaming at you that something is being pushed for too long, for too hard. Hmm. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think at some point we've kind of all experienced those signs. Yeah. How do we know before we hit that point, what should we be looking out for in terms of warning signs? When should we really be listening when we're getting to that peak or we've hit that peak so that we can kind of um, have a little audit <laughs> before we hit that flat line? What should we be looking for? Yeah. So the interesting thing is that the times we're living in at the moment, um, there's a great book called Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. Mm. And it's a really great way of explaining what our uh, original uh, mechanisms of stress happen for our body and how it was originally made for the system that we have, which is um, this human form that hasn't changed all that much biochemically uh, mm. for a millennia. And um, we were originally made to see a thing that will threaten our life and run away from it. Mm. Um, heart rate goes up, we 
um, move things from our extremities, our digestion goes down, and we try really hard to get away for a long period of time, run, 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 until we're safe. And then homeostasis kicks in and we're safe and everything balances out. We get hungry again, we look after ourselves and ourselves and our blood pressure looks after itself. In the modern day life, um, particularly in a world that we live in now with a pandemic and a fear-based media and a um, consistent um, social media tool of lack, mm. we're consistently thinking we don't have enough. We're consistently told that we're not doing the right thing. We're consistently shown we're supposed to look something different than we are and we're consistently um, you know, priming our nervous system to a situation where we're not good enough, not well enough, not being enough, not doing enough, not making the right decisions. And all of those positions create our poor little nervous system that has been around for a millennia, a system where it thinks, oh, my goodness, I am in peril. Mm-hmm. And all of those stress-released um, conditions are set up only for a little short period of time, a run away from a saber-toothed tiger. And instead we're saber-toothed tigering ourselves, especially if you pick up your phone first thing in the morning. And if you check on your how, how long your screen time has been, you'll set yourself up a saber-toothed tiger bill for up to six hours a day for most people. Yeah. And um, our systems just aren't, aren't set up for that. And so some of the things that you'll start to notice is uh, especially in this pandemic world. And that's where that crossover happens, where you think, am I in burnout or am I just living through uh, a world that is full of fear and pandemic? Well, it's kind of both, you know. You've got a propensity towards anxiety, a propensity towards flat days where you weren't used to having flat days before. And I call them flat days because a lot of people don't like to self-diagnose with depression. Hmm. But you feel flat. It's like meh rather yeah. than feeling alive, knowing what your joy is. You've often forgotten about what joy is for you. So if I was to actually ask you, what do you do to feel joy? What make, what do you enjoy about life? Mm. Um, I asked thousands of women that in my clinic, thousands, and every time, especially mums and new mums, that the tears would start mm. because it's so easy to forget what makes you feel joy and bizarrely it's one of those things that's a bit of a journey to try and re-find it again definitely so if you can't answer that question it's pretty pretty close to and, and if the answer to that question especially for you entrepreneurial women who are listening if the answer to that question is my business <laughs> we're gonna have to roll the tape back and re-ask you it again because <laughs> We need a top five of what brings you joy and whether that, um, and, and yes, sure, your business can be one of those things, but we need four others and those things aren't going to all come from your business. Uh, so having an exploration on that is a really important thing to do. Um, what do you enjoy? Enjoyment, oh, such a cool word to just start to explore. And usually you'll find the answers in things that you used to do when you were a kid or you wanted to do when you were a kid and nobody let you, and now you're an adult, you can do whatever the hell you want, so go and try it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love so, it. Uh, 
yeah, so they're the little sneaky ones. Fatigue is an obvious one, but again, we're living in a pandemic world and fatigue could come from all sorts of places mm-hmm. and that fatigue pattern I talked about before. And then you'll start to get these other systems that are involved. So your adrenal system is the first one, but it talks to your hormone systems. So mm-hmm. if your period is longer or shorter than it usually is, if you're noticing it changing compared to the moon, then you should probably take note of that and start to recognise if you're stressed beforehand, that that particular week beforehand, if you're starting to get those weird and wacky symptoms. Mm -hmm. Um, So for thyroid, so you might be getting hotter than usual or colder than usual, or you might not be able to lose weight as easily as you could. Mm. And it also talks to happy hormones in your brain and your happy hormones in your brain. We talked about anxiety and depression before, but it also talks to your melatonin and makes you sleep properly. So mm. sometimes you think, oh, I'm just not sleeping properly recently because I'm a little bit stressed. Start to recognize, um, or if you've got a Fitbit or a Garmin or an Apple Watch, start to see what those patterns actually look like. There's lots of data around, data points now that you can go, oh, that's actually what's happening. Mm. Um, and lastly, lastly, the sneaky and create, I can't start my day without coffee and I can't end it without wine or a gin. It's a pretty good sign that something's going on there. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Totally. <laughs> and I think these are signs that so many of us do experience, but as you said, and I think again, especially in this world where there is so much uncertainty, even more so but I think realistically when we look at it a lot of us have experienced these symptoms even prior to the pandemic and maybe like one of the silver linings of the pandemic has actually been realizing okay (laughs) yeah I need to I need to audit I need to overhaul a little bit here and I think also a lot of those symptoms um you know Tara and I talk about this quite a lot a lot of those symptoms, it almost feels like in our society, and I think you kind of mentioned this, Tammy, that those are things that you should get a gold star for. Mm. And um, there used to be, uh, I'm, I'm old, um, so there used to be, an, <laughs> compared to you guys, there used to be an ad on TV uh, for um, a particular type of um, cold syrup and it was... Um, soldier on with this cold syrup soldier on and and it was about soldiering on and you know if nothing else the pandemic has said okay if you've got a cold stop stay at home and look after yourself (laughs) like I think there's something similar in well if you're tired and fatigued um you need to slow down it's okay to slow down. We've been slowing down for two sets of major series series of lockdowns here in Australia. Mm-hmm. And um, that slowing down didn't have all the wheels fall off and we all of us, you know, fall in a heap or explode from the inside or some weird random thing. In actual fact, it was really good for us and nothing really out of the, you know, out of this world happened for those of us who weren't affected um, by you know, the, the other bits and pieces that are happening, mm. slowing down was actually good for our systems. Mm. And um, I think that permission slip to slow down, that permission slip to not soldier on and that um, permission slip to actually do it differently is, mm. um, like you said, a silver lining in it all. Totally. 
Yeah, and with this, Tammy, do you feel that the root cause of this all, this, you know, this propensity towards burnout, is that feeling of not being good enough because we're constantly seeing what is going on around us, you know, with social media um, and all these metrics that we feel we need to, uh, you know, obtain is is that what it is we don't feel that we're good enough it is different for different people Mm. in my experience and it's different for different stages of your life as well for me uh personally when i've experienced burnout parts of it was running away from things i didn't want to do um parts of it was having an identity crisis because part of me, you know, the free single person who ran around the world for 54 different countries and got to do whatever she wanted to do. And all of a sudden I was having this big identity shift. And so the thing I could obsessively control was my business. I just, you know, full pelt into it. Um, so identity shift. Then there was fear of failure. So I've been burnt out whilst I've been doing my uni degrees or my other diplomas because of a fear that I would fail or get it wrong or be proven to be a fraud or uh, that imposter syndrome kicks in. And then later on in life, my burnout came from um, the uncertainty of my direction Mm. so it's if that's all different for the different Mm. times of my life I can then tell you about the you know 7,000 people that I helped through my clinic and theirs were different for different reasons as well so yeah there's Mm. definitely some not enoughness and Mm. like the um the comparisonitis is in especially in the entrepreneurial world, it's massive. Yeah. Um, then there's the fear of failure in particular. Yeah. Um, fear of death is a really big one. I see a lot of people, you know, climbing mountains, doing this, running marathons and doing some other thing because they have a fear of their own death or somebody in their life has passed away. And so they're just going full pelt to not have to slow down to deal with that. Yeah. Um yeah, it's really different for each person. But it, it does come from those spaces and places, in my opinion. And that is, you, know, you ask a doctor and they'll say something different. But yeah. my, my experience is there's an underlying core way of being that mm-hmm. isn't, isn't being homeostatically aligned, being brought back into balance. Hmm. Totally. And Tammy, when you you know, recognize that you're, you know, entering this burnout um, and you, you're wanting to change it. How do you take the steps to recognize a good distraction and rest? Does that make sense? Like yeah, we can fool ourselves in thinking that we're having downtime where, you know, we might be amplifying it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> I, I love it. It's, um, there's this term a couple of years ago that started up spiritual bypassing um, where 
<laughs> where you just, you know, fluffily go over, oh, well, everything happens for a reason and not actually address what's actually occurring. And it's similarly, you can wellness bypass stuff. You're like, well, if I put on a candle or I tickle my boxes from my yoga, my meditation, my, my pulling my cards, my da, 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 then I can't possibly be in a burnout. Problem yeah. solved. <laughs> But it's the ticking of the boxes is a problem in the first place. Yeah. So, so uh, I talk about a model in my retreats, and um, uh, and it's it's a, a positive psychology model. It's um, that initially start with an attitude, and that attitude is a uh, a feeling. Um, it comes from an energy, a way of being attitude your attitudes drive your behaviors so the being drives the doing your attitude and the way you think about things drives what you actually take action on and then that will drive your results and then you'll end up with a certain outcome or consequence so if you have an attitude that hell yes i can do this then you're action or your your behavior is going and doing the thing that you need to do in the minimum amount of time needed and the result is oh something positive because you're then able to have the conversation you needed the email got sent uh, you got that response nice and quickly so you could then do something positive if your attitude is I'm so scared of failing I don't know what I'm going to do if I fail I'm pretty sure my whole personality will crumble and everyone will know that I'm an imposter, mm. then your behavior is frantically trying to fix things or hiding completely into that cave where you don't answer any of the emails or any of the messages. And you've got like all the buildup of all the little text messages that you haven't quite got back to that you're formulating in your head, but you're not doing shit all about. And then <laughs> your consequence is obviously that scary little red number in the corner of your messages, that mm. insane amount of inbox you know, backlog that you've got or those DMs that are just building up that you haven't quite got around to, which then perpetuates the next attitude and the next behaviour and the next result. Mm. And you can force it into a tailspin or mm. you can shift your way of being and head upwards into getting stuff done and looking forward to things. Now, getting back to your question, Tara, what that means is when you are distracting yourself, you can wellness bypass distracting by, but I'm going to look up myself and I'll put the candle on first. <laughs> that, it depends on what it comes from. So you, you can have the behavior of putting the candle on, but if the candle comes, if the behavior, sorry, if the attitude that forces that behavior is, I have, everything have, has to be perfect before I start writing my book. And you go and put the candle on, you put the insets on, and then you do your journaling and then you do your other thing. And then it gets to two o'clock and all you want is your nana napping. You haven't got your thing done because you wanted everything to be perfect. Mm. Then your consequences are going to be a bit different to, I'm going to put the candle on because I know how to look after myself and I know that I'm enough already. And I know that um, connecting with my intention and my word for the day whilst I'm lighting this candle for the highest good of myself and the highest good of all and the highest outcome that I can create by sitting and writing this book today and get done. It's mm. a really different mm. thing that you're doing because it comes from a different space. Usually the burnout kind of 
attitude is the not enough, the fear of failure, the um, not quite there yet, I've got to overdo it to overcome all of this other stuff I've got internally, or I'm so freaking exhausted, I'm not going to do anything, I'm going to hide in the cave, I'm not going to talk to anybody and I'll drink a whole bottle of wine this afternoon so that no one can talk to me back. (laughs) And that's a really different Mm. type of productivity. Mm. it's got different textures it's got different quality and like you said it has a different how can you tell if whether that's productivity or distraction mm. it, it, it's actually the step back from the doing it's who you're being while that's happening mm. that's such a beautiful way to put it I think what's really interesting um is that when Ironically, for a lot of us, I think what's really hard when it comes to stepping away from burnout or starting to think about recognising it and and wanting to change our being and our thinking and therefore our doing, ironically, we are, when we're in that state of, you know, fight or flight and cortisol is going crazy, our body is trying to save us because we feel, our body feels that we're not safe. But for so many of us, being in that state feels safer than actually changing. Mm-hmm. It feels yeah. safer to be doing, and and whether you are wellness bypassing at the same time and you're doing your meditation every morning and your yoga every evening, but if you're, yeah, in that constant state of fight or flight because you're doing it because everything needs to be perfect, it's quite hard to move away from that and I guess again it does come back to recognizing the the mindset and the attitude that's driving it at the end of the day yeah it does um the old um even though it's been found to be a fallacy it's a great analogy all the same the frog in in the boiling water you putting somebody into your life right now putting me back into my life when I was finishing my second uni degree Um, on the other side of the state, whilst getting married, trying to fall pregnant, becoming a step-parent, dealing with a blended family. Mm. At the age of 26, when I had been travelling the world before then, and then like driving to the airport every Friday and then coming back every Monday Mm. for six months straight. If If I'm the frog, right? it had slowly built up to that point in time and everyone on the outside, all the other frogs are looking at me in the boiling water going, you what? You're doing what? Even you guys listening, you're just going, "Hmm, how did you not know what was going on? Because there's this slow buildup and I'm like a frog in a boiling water going, oh, well, it slowly just got hotter and I don't realise it's hot. It feels quite lukewarm to me. Mm. But if... In the same way as you're describing, um, you know, but it feels really comfortable and safe being in that position. I'm used to my dopamine hits of getting stuff done. I'm used to my cortisol being this high because it's been my standard for such a long time. Pull me out of this and I will feel the change. Mm. You know, take that frog out and I'm going to get hypothermia, even though it's a normal temperature. And so there is a rebalancing that happens um so i'll tell you um, a quick example from this year that i probably haven't told a lot of people so hmm, exclusive um (laughs) uh, so every year i run uh, a big conference called maddox for naturopaths nutritionists herbalists and um healers 
And this year, because of the pandemic, I had to pivot and then I had to pivot and then I had to pivot about 24 other times to be able to run this conference um, both remotely and in person. And then I had to navigate how to do that on a next level kind of way of doing it because I thought that it would be amazing just to utilise the technology we have now, the people that we have right now. And um, we had a television production crew essentially doing the online component. It was amazing, but I had it all in my head. And I knew leading up to it, a couple of weeks leading up to it, that I would need to look after my well-being after it and that mm. my adrenals would, would have to hold me through that week. And then after that, I would have to hold my adrenals. Mm. And so I now schedule for those moments. Um, the year before I went away to Fiji with Elizabeth Gilbert for the week afterwards, it was amazing. I loved it. And my decompression was not talking to anybody for two days and then slowly coming out of my cocoon back into butterfly mode. And uh, this year I could sense it. And this is the thing, everybody on here, we're pretending that nobody can actually feel it. We're pretending you can't see the symptoms and we're just blatantly telling you, oh, here's the black and white symptoms. The truth is you've got a niggling of this happening inside you already. Yeah. You totally know it's happening. It's just you having to hear it from somebody else that you're allowed to have permission to feel that little niggle and actually turn towards it and pay attention to it and it's not going to blow you up and disintegrate you into a million pieces to obliterate you and everything you have created up until this moment. Mm. You know that it's happening. So you have the chance to do something about it, mm. whether that is to schedule it in or whether it is to pay attention to it now and take the bloody supplements that are sitting on your bench anyway <laughs> or... <laughs> drink the water that's sitting right next to you or put your skates on in the morning or whatever it you know it's happening to you you know what to do about it it's just a matter of you actually taking that step and doing something about it so for me I knew all this was happening leading up to this big big event 300 people blah 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 and then just after it I went okay I have to make it okay for everybody to to know that I'm having some time off so I'm going to call it a sabbatical because that sounds really important. I called it my radical sabbatical. I was like, I'm going to take a radical sabbatical for a month. So a month turned into a, a season. I was like, well, you know, I'm a witch. I can take off a season. Autumn's a great season to have off. <laughs> and so I took the season off. And then I was like, actually, that knowing was still niggling at me. Mm. And it was still niggling at me and scratching behind my head going, we're not ready. And the world's not ready and the universe actually hasn't moved enough shit around for you to come back into it. Mm. And we're still moving all the furniture and we're still moving everything around. So you're just going to have to be patient now. You've slowed down enough. And what it felt like was I was on a mountain bike going a gazillion miles an hour up this hill. I got to the top of the hill and wanted to go full pelt down. But what I did was take my legs off pedaling. So I stopped pedaling, but the momentum just kept on going. And so you think that the whole world's going to collapse when you stop and you pay attention or you go to the, the naturopath or you take those supplements or you, you know, have that fast or you have the juice fast or you do the thing. But, or you go to the therapist and you tell them the real truth of what's really going on. 
And in actual fact, the wheels don't fall off. Everything, the momentum that you have created continues to go, continues to go, continues to go. And then once you slow down enough that you're not focused on the pedaling, you can start to see that there's other stuff happening around you, mm. that life continues, that you've got a connection with this particular person, that they love you, they care about you, they love you for who you are, mm. that you have these gifts and talents that you'd forgotten about because you were so busy pedaling and you've got these other projects or this muse that wants ideas dancing around you that want to come to fruition, but because you were so busy pedaling, you didn't pay it any attention. And now all of a sudden you're slowing down and you can, instead of it all whizzing by, you start to actually look at it for what it is. Pay attention to that symptom that was had been knocking on your door forever and start to notice and actually pick up the thing that you need to do something about and do something about it. Similarly, that you can because you've gone so much slower, you can do it with every different piece of your life. And that's where that auditing kind of kicks in. Mm-hmm. And I did exactly that this year. <laughs> so... Yeah, <laughs> it's doable. How, when we are that frog in the boiling water, and I know you, like you said, if we were to just completely hop out, we'd probably get hypothermia. How do we start to kind of limb by limb slowly emerge from the boiling water? Are there, can you give us any sort of um, ideas of kind of small practical things that we can bring in? to our our lives, our days, to kind of ease out? Yeah. So the um, top three things. Number one, enjoyment. Mm. That thing that I said before still rings true. And it was one of the things that got me out of my first lot of proper burnout where I actually did something about it, Mm. got tested, all that kind of stuff enjoyment you need to find the five things in your life that you feel joy whilst doing Mm -hmm. there was this great research back um, mid 2000s and what it said was if you spend um three hours uh, no one hour a week doing something you enjoy you feel joy whilst you're doing that feeling can last up to 72 hours after it Wow. Yeah. And so the research was actually done on a couple of corporates that um, took people into to do corporate retreats. And then it was replicated by some people in Japan and doing the forest bathing. Mm. So they started to feel joy whilst in nature, feel joy whilst playing and having laughing laughing therapy. Mm. And that um, they tested their cortisol up to 72 hours. So the peak of it's about 21 hours afterwards. But for a one-hour session, mm. you've got 168 hours in a week, right? Mm. One hour doing something you actually feel joy, like your cells feel different, can last you so much longer than taking your buddy B vitamins first thing in the morning every morning and feeling really bad about it, you know, gagging and all that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> so writing the five things that bring you joy, and this is the bit that, was the clincher for me when I was really burnt out I didn't know what brought me joy so I had to start run an experiment hmm. yeah I've always wanted to do rock climbing that might bring me joy so I started rock climbing got about 50 meters off the ground I went oh this is not the thing <laughs> <laughs> this is not fun <laughs> <laughs> this is not joy <laughs> and then I um 
it took all my effort to to make the phone call to find out about um, rock and roll dancing. You know, I was freaking out. It was all the excuses. What about my kids? I can't take that hour off. I can't do like all of that will come up whilst you're doing this journey to joy. Like you've got to go through that bit to get to the good good stuff. You know, it's like um, mining for the 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 gold. It, there's still a whole bunch of rock in the way until mm. you can find the gold. So. Mm. Um, I did that. And then uh, the third thing on my list was roller derby. Cool. Yeah. And so I, I went into roller derby for a couple of years because that was my my ambition thing um, to find the joy. And I had so much fun. And until it got really competitive, I got to a stage where it got too competitive for me and the joy disappeared. Mm-hmm. So then I had to start the process again. I had to start looking at what other things that bring me joy. And art is one of my things now and I absolutely love it. Um, and riding my bike is one of my other things I really enjoy doing Mm. so it's an ongoing process um, Mm. to do that number two learn to say no it's really important to go yes 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 especially when you're first starting out uh, in business or in life or in a relationship yes 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 but when your whole body if the word coming out of your mouth is yes but your whole body is saying no you have to learn to change the shape of your mouth <laughs> and say no. Yeah. <laughs> and again, you won't die, implode, explode from saying no. Mm. Um, so learning to say no. And the third one is scheduling. It's a really important thing. Yeah. Um, most people get into burnout because, whoops, I forgot to eat lunch again for the seventh time in a row. <laughs> I see a knowing smile from the two of you. So <laughs> one particular. <laughs> so scheduling in, I know it sounds really, it sounds so simple and it, to the point where you're like, yeah, I know, but you don't do it. <laughs> so scheduling in lunch, scheduling in that joy, scheduling in an overflow hour, the hour of catch up, and it's actually called overflow hour. It's the hour of catch up, but it's actually in your calendar and you treat your calendar like it's an appointment that you have to go and see the doctor. It's an overflow hour. That is the point in time where I do get those text messages done. I do the DMs or I um, look at the inbox instead of freaking out about it and hiding in a cave. That is such a good idea. I love that overflow hour. Mm. What a great concept. Yeah, Yeah. I'm feeling that. So much, I mean, there's so much gold there, so many beautiful tips that I know I'm definitely going to revisit. I love this journey to joy. And I think I really want to encourage our listeners to do that exercise. Um, yeah. And let, yeah, let us know. Yeah. Uh, so, Tammy, we'd love to ask what does um, health is the new wealth mean to you? Well, after having periods without both of those things in my life. <laughs> um, being, um, being in a situation where you don't have enough money to um, buy anything other than pasta and um, putting butter through it, you know, butter and pasta as a student and, or getting couscous to last a whole week you know um wealth is um a really important position to have in life 
Mm. But the underlying thing that perpetuates that is how you're feeling about yourself and how you're feeling and the attitude that you can have that you can create wealth. Mm. So that attitude comes from having a mind that's attached to a body and to have to look after that is health, you know. Um, Mm. Without that, the wealth part doesn't come along. So focusing in on your health as the primary motivator to create the attitude that you want to have that creates the behavior that you have so that you are buying the best food that you can from the markets even when you don't have a lot of money and then moving that to having the consequence of creating having a mind that can look at solutions manifest new ways of being create new possibilities to create more wealth in your life I think health absolutely comes before wealth Mm. and without it I mean, we've seen it in these past couple of years, especially without health, there isn't actually any financial wealth. And um, you can actually, yeah, create yourself and your cells to be in both an abundant situation. Um, yeah. However you get there, it's really fun to play, mm. with, both, play with all of those things. Yeah. That's an awesome answer. And Tammy, how can our listeners work with you or follow you or and see your journey and what's next for you? Mm, so uh, they can find me at Tammy Guests with an S on the end uh, on all social media channels. Um, and I share lots of my background stories and my flying stories. I fly helicopters as well and things like that uh, on my Instagram page, um, on Facebook. If you're a practitioner, you can join the Natrepreneur Hub where we talk about business and mindset. And if you are just a woman looking for an amazing retreat with a whole bunch of like-minded, really cool people who are thinking about things abundantly, then um, I run an online retreat called the Unrestricted Retreat. And uh, that's where you'll find me, TammyGuest.com. Amazing. Thank you so much, Tammy, for joining us. It has been such an honour to have you and to, yeah, shine a bit of a light on burnout, but also empower our fellow witches to kind of recognise it and step away from it in a really healthy way. Beautiful. It's been so awesome to talk to you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening, fellow witch. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. One of the biggest takeaways from me was this journey to joy. So I would really love you to share what lights you up and what brings you joy. We'd love to hear that so that we can kind of inspire the other women around us and the other witches around us to explore enjoyment like Tammy said because I think it can be really difficult to find what brings us joy as as adult women in today's world so come and join our Facebook coven WBW coven Um, it's our totally free Facebook group we'd love to have you in there and we would love 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 to hear the five things that really bring you joy Um, and as always follow us on Instagram we are at witches being witches and if you enjoyed today's podcast episode please please consider leaving us a rating and a review see you next time fellow witch thanks for listening to witches being witches remember happiness is the new rich inner peace is the new success health is the new wealth and kindness is the new cool we'll see you next episode